Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of the Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. The Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we continue our study of the book of 1 John. Throughout this study, we have been looking at what it means to walk in the light of love and looking at different characteristics of light and how that metaphor helps us to know what it means to be a child of God. In this episode, we'll be looking at light's ability to illuminate uh, the space in which it's on and how that enables us to see, especially in this context, seeing how to make the right choices so that we can practice righteousness. Righteousness is uh, one of those big churchy words that we use sometimes, but maybe don't stop to think what it means. And it simply means most often to just do the right thing. Uh, To practice righteousness means to practice doing the right thing rather than practicing doing the wrong thing. And John, in his letter, will draw a contrast between those who practice doing the right thing versus practicing doing the wrong thing. In the last episode, we looked at the idea of light highlighting God's work so that we could join him in it, so that we could actively participate in the ministry that he's given us. And today we'll look a little more at how light shows the way not to make the wrong choices, uh, how to avoid doing the things that God has told us is unhealthy. I want to start by pointing to a few verses in First uh, John that talk about uh, our capacity to practice righteousness and avoid practicing evil. As children of God, this is what we're called to according to First John chapter 3, verse 10. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. 1 John chapter 2, verse 29 says, If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. And then John says in chapter 3, verse 12, We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. You can see from these passages that the expectation is that people who are abiding in God, as we talked about in the last episode of having fellowship with God and abiding in him, those people are going to have a light that radiates out from them that enables them to do the right thing and avoid doing the wrong thing. And it bears mentioning that this practicing of doing the right thing is not something that we're capable of doing all by ourselves. And left to our own devices, we will make bad choices. But empowered by God and radiating that light of love, we are more and more capable of making good choices, good godly choices, so that our behavior reflects his character. Very often we talk about Jesus being our Savior and saving us from sin. 
But very often what we mean is that he rescued us from the consequences of sin, and that's all. We just kind of stop there because we're glad that he did that. But scripture tells us when Jesus rescues us from sin, not only is he eliminating the consequences of the sins that we have committed in the past, he is equipping us and cleansing us of committing sin in the future. Here's just a couple of verses from the book of 1 John that highlight that aspect. In uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, uh, it says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Notice he doesn't say he cleanses us from the consequences of all sin. It says he cleans the sin out of us. And this happens by allowing Jesus himself to fix what's in us. Just two verses later, he says in chapter 1, verse 9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, for, to clean us up from doing things that are wrong or evil. Not just the consequences of it, but actually get those behaviors out of our lives. We're told in multiple places in the New Testament that we are raised to be a new creation and that we are to be holy and sanctified. And what we're talking about from John's letter today uh, address those things. There's a particular section of this book that I want us to look at. It's 1 John chapter 3, verses 4 through 10. In this, we see a discussion about this practicing of sin. This is a different discussion than the consequences of sin. There are places in the New Testament that talk about Jesus taking away those consequences, but John is wanting to make sure that the people he's writing to understand that they are cleaned not to continue sinning, but so that they can eliminate sin from their life. So let's uh, take a moment to read together chapter 3, verses Four through ten. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this, it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. There's a lot in that passage, and some of it very troubling to us, even as Christians, because we get fixated on what it means to practice this righteousness, and do I have to somehow earn the salvation that God has promised me? What I hope that we see in these verses is not that John is talking about earning anything, but is talking about what happens to us when we surrender 
to the power and the will of God, how we are transformed by the renewing of our mind and, by, and which affects our behavior and our words. We become a different kind of people with a different kind of nature when we allow God to do that work in our lives. What it means to give our lives to Christ means that we totally give it over and let him shape it and mold it the way he wants. And if we look at our life and see areas where we're continuing to practice sin, we're not letting God take care of that aspect of our life, we have to go back and and, and make a stark realization that we have not fully given ourselves to God. Let's break down these verses that we just read and see what John tells us. Uh, First of all, in verse 4, he tells us that lawlessness is continuing to sin. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. So there's a lot of discussion about sin and what it means to sin, and certainly there are behaviors that are described in Scripture that are sinful, uh, but there are also behaviors that seem benign that are described as sinful when they have the wrong attitude or are being done for the wrong purposes. And what we see here is that lawlessness is sin, a a rebellion against God's law. And if you read the whole of 1 John, it's easy to understand that when he talks uh, about the law that has been given by Jesus, it is this law to love God and to love your neighbor. And so if I just refuse to let love be the guiding force in my life, in the way I interact with other people, in the way that I make my choices about how I spend my time and spend my money, uh, then I am continuing to practice sin because I am rebelling against this law. When John talks about law, he's not talking about the Old Testament law. He's the law of Moses. He's not talking about any laws that a church may have made for their own congregation or things like that. But John is primarily focused on this idea of loving God and loving others the way Jesus had commanded and given that uh, law of love. Then in verse 5, he had said, you know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. Jesus came to get rid of sin, not just the consequences of sin. As we surrender to him, as we've already said, even in this episode, Jesus's desire is to clean us up completely. The more clean we are, the better we are at giving and receiving love, and the better capable he is of using us for his purposes. So Jesus came to take away the sin. So we get to verse 6. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. John is calling us back to understanding this life of love keeps us from continuing to sin. Now, a lot of us are maybe fearful when we hear these words. I, you know, I, I'm a Christian, but but I still sin. We need to be very careful about how we say that and how we understand that. If we're talking about sin as just missing the mark, right, an archery term that says uh, we're didn't quite hit the bullseye, it, there will be times that we are trying to do the right thing and mess up. There will be other times when we are not struggling with doing the right thing at all. We're doing the wrong thing. 
intentionally, on purpose, because it's what we want. And those are the things that John says, someone who abides in Christ doesn't keep on doing that. They don't keep living life selfishly. They put those things away. So this is one of those places where it may be a harsh reality, but we have to come to terms with the fact if we have uh, held on to our will and, and are determined to do some of the things we want to do, even when Jesus said they were unhealthy for his purposes, we may be sinning and therefore not of him. Love is the thing that makes it possible for us to get better at this. See, if I am showing you love, there may be things about you I don't understand yet, and and I try to show you love in a way that's not helpful. And that messes things up, but I learn from that, and I get better at it. But, But I'm falling forward, if you will. It's the folks that are falling backwards or running away from Jesus that are are being addressed in this passage. And it has been known to us throughout Scripture that love is the thing that, that keeps us from messing this up, keeps us from going in the wrong direction with the mistakes or missteps that we might make from time to time. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 12, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Now, maybe in the past when you've heard those verses, you thought, okay, I can keep messing up as long as I love people. God's not going to hold that against me. That's not what these passages are getting at, and certainly John seems to set that record straight for us. It's the act of loving that helps us know the right thing to do. It gets rid of more and more sin in our lives because we make better and better choices. Just think about what Jesus said when he said that the greatest command was to love the Lord your God. The second was just like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And everything else, all of the law, hangs on those two statements. Then there are places in Scripture that tell us that when we come to know God, when we come to be his people, we won't have any need to be taught or to have a law. How do those things fit together? When I learn to love perfectly, you don't have to tell me not to sin. You don't even have to tell me what a sin is because I'm always making choices that are in your best interest. Just look at the Ten Commandments, right? Do not lie. I'm not going to lie to you if I care about you because I want you to know the truth. I don't want to hide things from you. I care too much about you. If I've learned to love, God doesn't have to tell me not to murder you. I would never kill you because I care about you. And God doesn't have to tell me anymore not to covet your stuff or to want your wife because I care too much about you to take anything from you. I don't want to hurt you. And so over and over again, God has tried to make this point to us that if we learn to love appropriately, that we don't have to have a bunch of rules and regulations. We're not bound by some kind of law that we check off. I got this one right and I messed this one up. We are doing things from love. And so we almost always get it right. And when we don't, we're moving forward and we learn from that and we get better at loving. Living a life of love keeps us from continuing to sin. 
But John also lets us know in verse 7 that living that life of love keeps us from being deceived. Verse 7 said, Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Don't let people convince you that evil is good and good is evil. If you're doing what God wants you to do, you are the righteous. Whatever society's got going on, or even what's going on in some churches, isn't the determination of what's righteous. God is. And when we love the way God wants us to, people can't deceive us that way. We have the genuine article, and so if something else comes into our orbit that is different than that, we automatically know we need to stay away from that. We live in a world where some things are called love that are not. They're self-indulgent. They're very selfish. And we learn in scripture that a godly love is not selfish at all. The world often loves in a way that puts conditions uh, on giving and receiving that love. And love in scripture is described as unconditional. Even in our churches, sometimes we teach that it's okay to withhold love, but God says, no, this love is for everyone. Whether they're good or evil, you have been created in a way that allows you to give and receive love. And when you do that, people can't deceive you with bad teaching and bad ideas and bad attitudes. And You're not going to be led in that direction. I wonder sometimes how much of the political strife that we see in our country right now, even within our churches and members getting frustrated with one another about their voting choices, could be eliminated if we quit listening to politicians and actually listen to Jesus and learn to love people. We won't be deceived by people who are promising us things that are unrealistic when we understand what love is. We won't be deceived and we will be able to practice righteousness. And that's important to understand because let's go back to what John says in chapter 3, verse 8. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the son appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Rebellious sinners are children of the devil. That's a strong statement because I know people (laughs) that attend churches every Sunday. I know people who make a a big display on social media uh, about their Christianity and their faith, but they're actually rebelling against God's teaching about what's right and wrong, about how to care about other people and show compassion. They are practicing sin. They're not struggling with it. They're not trying to overcome it. They're practicing it. And they make excuses to continue. And and John says, that is of the devil. That needs to be dealt with because Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And again, notice that it didn't say he came to destroy the consequences of the devil's work. He came to destroy the devil's work. We can't allow that to take a foothold in our lives. The next verse, verse 9, says, No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. For God's seed abides in him, and he can't keep on sinning because he's been born of God. Again, a stunning statement from John uh, because we've kind of all made our peace with the fact that we can't always do the right thing. We say things like, uh, I'm only human, nobody's perfect, things like that, and, and, and we kind of excuse our bad behavior. But John here says it's 
very important that we understand if we are born of God, we are not going to practice sin. There is something that's inside us, planted inside us, that keeps us from sinning. The word of God, when it is allowed to do its work, produces the fruit of love that stops us from sinning. This idea of the seed here, I think, harkens back to Jesus's parables so that so often he referred to the word of God uh, as a seed that would be planted. It's part of where we got the name for this podcast, right? A, A seed planted that takes root and grows. But in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, we have the fruit of the Spirit listed. And one of those fruits of the Spirit is love. It's what John's been talking about all this time. The Word of God planted in our hearts and allowed to do its work will produce love that stops us from sinning. You just can't avoid it. If you let God's Word do its work, if you surrender to it and let that love grow in you, the sin starts to disappear because I'm making better choices about how I interact with people and the attitudes I have because I care about them and not getting my way. And then the 10th verse said, by this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Living a life of love makes it easier to make the right choices. I hope that we've seen this by now. And there is a stark contrast in those who make the right choices about how to behave and think and and attitudes to have and those who make evil decisions. Those are the the choices put before us here in 1 John chapter 3. Are we allowing God to do his work or do we, as Paul says in another place, quench that spirit and and not allow it to transform us, to make us into the people that he designed us to be? I hope that as we're listening to this, we don't get too frustrated or discouraged because yes, we do make mistakes, but are we committed to making those mistakes in ways that uh, help us learn better how to love people? When we're making the mistake because we're being selfish, because we're trying to get our way, those are the things that are rebellion against God. When I make a mistake trying to love you, that can be fixed. That can be taken care of. That will grow and be better. It's an important concept to grasp and know that that's what God wants to us. That's why he rescued us, so that he could clean us up and use us for his purposes. But he makes us a promise if we're faithful to that. Now, I want to read uh, 1 John chapter 5, verse 18. It says, We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. This passage says, If we've been born of God, we will not keep practicing sin. We may mess up every once in a while and we'll learn and grow from that, but we're not practicing sin. And if we are those people who have given up on practicing sin because we've wholly devoted our lives to him, we're told that Jesus himself protects us so that the evil one cannot touch us. Jesus is going to keep Satan from laying any hold on me if I commit to living a life for him. 
I think above everything in this section of Scripture, we see that being a Christian is not a moment-in-time decision point, but it is a way of life. And yes, people grow at different paces, and some people are, are better at eliminating some sins than others. And there are some who are struggling with deep addictions and, and bad habits, and, and they are genuinely trying to uh, allow God to help them overcome those things. And that takes time. What John talked about was those people who aren't struggling at all, who just continue to keep doing what God says is unhealthy because they want to. But if we allow God his proper place on the throne of our heart, if we follow the example and teaching of his son, we can become those people who stop practicing sin. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calerachurchofchrist.org or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter.